When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Here we are. Happy November, or should I say, Rovember. I know. (gasps) (laughs) I'm anxiously awaiting my absentee ballot here in California. Can I say... um, I know you said something about Nevada and California on the outline. When I was in, I was in um, Las Vegas last week and my friend works at a bar and they have TVs on Mm -hmm. and it was literally vertical. Like they were playing like the the local news or like even like basketball games and stuff. And in between, it'd be like four commercials in a row. One is like, this guy is the worst politician ever. The other one is like, you think that guy's a bad politician? Look at the little law. And then like back and forth. And then the same commercials back to back. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I, I, I wouldn't even know what to vote for. In the, I know. And the yeah. commercials are so extreme too. And they're playing back to back in succession. I don't know. They are really extreme. And you're right. That's a good point. They're hard to sort of figure out. I've definitely heard the most from people this week. They're the, they're like, and this, this I'm sorry, is not a service we can provide, but people will literally DM me. Like, I am helping one girl. I heard an answer. Like, I can't figure out anything on my ballot. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> calm down. Yeah. It's hard for people to figure out what parties are from. I mean, there are voter guides. Just Google your state voter guide. But um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a dark energy right now. And people that are just starting yeah. to pay attention don't have many. I mean, I don't think that... Our, our much shared, very viral Republican haunted house video really had energy of of a midterms election ad. Like it was not very far off. No, things have been things have been like the the tenor. I think I mean there, a lot has been made about the the tone of Democratic fundraising emails, but no. I they have ramped up to a degree yes. at this point. Yes, where I'm getting. Once this election is over and we've kept the House and the Senate and everybody and that's definitely what's going to happen and everybody's happy, happy, we need to talk about the emails and we need to talk about the texts. Well, I'm I'm that's exactly what I was going to say, Elise. Yeah, I'm the thing that's worrying the shit out of me is like. I would get one email from MoveOn.org or Nancy Pelosi or something. I'd get one a week or maybe a day. 
I'm getting 10 a day from yeah. this person, that person, is that Omar's next door neighbor? This person, <laughs> like, this, like, and it's just I got like, a text that said, <laughs> hi, Elise, it's Mark Ruffalo. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why is my, I, what? Who? Mark <laughs> like, Ruffalo. Hi, Elise. Stop fracking. It, it's really crazy. And I think they do it because honestly, I have to imagine they do it because it works, but that's honestly what's kind of sinister about it because it's like, to be honest, it's kind of like Jen Shaw strategy. It's like you really yes. scare these old people and they're like, oh my God, Nancy says if I don't give $5, Trump is going to take over the house. And so like, obviously, you know, you have literally Donald Trump taking old people's phone numbers and then charging them yeah. for or credit card numbers and charging them in perpetuity. Democrats aren't doing that, but it's like, it is manipulative in a way where it's like, it's very annoying to us, but it's actually kind of like manipulative to people that are really scared <laughs> about losing their social security well, checks. But I mean, we, we, we got to win. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yes. No, it, is I, scary. It, is like, scary. it is scary. And it's just like, the Fox News model of scaring old people works, yeah. mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, and I guess Dems are trying it because these motherfuckers are actually trying to get rid of shit, whatever. So on that end, but it's, but it's your like, peers. These are your peers. These other old people. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I posted something. I posted a tweet about how, like, it just occurred to me, you know, in the middle of the night that a there tweet was some after sort of mass. Elon's okay. <laughs> yeah. Put, okay. If there were like a mass casualty event that sort of killed the president and the vice president at one time. Who becomes president? The Speaker of the House. If Republicans yes. win the House, the Speaker of the House is going to be a Republican. So I just sort of tweeted that that's a thing that can happen. And and I originally I, I posted, you know, because this is how social media works. I posted my me reacting to my own tweet on TikTok. As you do. And then a couple people commented, like, this is really dramatic. This is really conspiratorial. Like, this is too much. And I, for a second, because, you know, I don't really like to be that way. So mm -hmm. I was sort of, sort of like, are they right? Is that fair? An hour later, I checked the video. It's gone slightly viral. There are hundreds of comments. They are all from white men saying, yes, this is exactly what we are hoping for. This is exactly what we want. <gasps> this is our wildest dream. <sighs> and I'm like, so those, those <laughs> ads where it's like your Uncle Joe on Facebook is voting, it's like motherfuckers who I accidentally just gave an idea to are voting, who who want a designated survivor level catastrophic event so that they can have a leader are hoping for like these people storm the Capitol. So it's like the last time I let people tell me I'm being too dramatic. Yeah. I mean, every time anyone said that, it's been like. The, the Supreme Court's never going to overturn Roe. Mm -hmm. An angry mob will never attack the Capitol trying to, like, hang the vice president. Like, we're kind of in a realm where a lot of... I mean, Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked with a hammer... Anything fucking ...two days ago. And, like, like... With the intention of Nancy was... Yeah. Nancy was supposed... Like, Nancy could have been dead. Like... Yeah, I've been sort of... People have said this, and it, it really does bear repeating, especially because the the making light of this on the right continues. Like, it was an assassination attempt. This man was hunting yeah. the Speaker of the House. And we did spend a lot of time yesterday on the reactions to the attack on Paul Pelosi. I thought that would be, you know, the end of, of these reactions. But somehow goons on the right are still spreading disinformation and making light of the situation. And again, like, it just bears repeating. This is an 80, a murder, attempted murder on an 82-year-old man. This is not mm -hmm. like they were, they were, like, hollering outside his house and they, you think he got too scared. He got his fucking head bashed in. I can't believe this. One reaction yeah. we forgot to include yesterday was from Donald Trump Jr. 
oh, who posted God. a photo of men's briefs and a hammer saying he had his Halloween costume ready. I mean, these guys go low, but this is just the gist of one of the conspiracy theories is that Paul Pelosi and the assailant were engaged in some sort of some sort of lover's quarrel with a hammer. And that's actually that is actually what happened here. And of course, I mean, the FBI, all, all of the authorities have said that's actually not at all the case. We've done enough investigating to know that these people were not known to to each other. I mean, the assailant, Peppa, he knew them. I mean, he told the FBI, I read an interview that he wanted to um, bash in Nancy Pelosi's kneecaps so that she would be permanently in a wheelchair so that everybody in Congress would have to see that all the time and know that that's what they had coming. The th- cool. So yeah, so dark, <laughs> so gross. But it, and it's not funny. It's not funny. But it's also like this guy. I mean, I was, there's all these tweets and all these reactions to it of like this guy did that to like get a claim on the right, and immediately everyone's like, he's his gay lover. That's his gay lover. <laughs> yeah. It's like this guy's like doing it to like really own and like show that Republicans should be in power and the right is the 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 right way to be. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "This is a gay disturbed man." Oh yeah, <laughs> like that, what the fuck, funny. y'all? I did this it, for us, and now you're calling me a gay sex like the, worker. That's the and that is like honestly so the January six all over again. These mm-hmm. people are good, like really following Donald Trump's instructions, doing everything, and then everyone's like, Antifa went so crazy. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's so on the money, and it's like Donald Trump. There is no one that that man is loyal to other than himself, and there's no one his movement is loyal to other than itself. Like it. Whatever is going on at the top reflects how the entire thing is, like, Mm -hmm. constructed. Mm -hmm. And so if it serves them to turn you into a martyr and a hero, whatever, they'll do that. But if it serves them to say you're a gay sex worker who is Nancy Paul Pelosi's longtime (laughs) whatever, (laughs) paramour or whatever, it's like, okay, that's what they're going to say. They don't care about you. That's what he gets for trying. Wow, that's very funny. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using Pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Also, another another hard story before we get to our main political story. We'll start off with 
another tragedy. Tragedies all weekend, more tragedies. There were actually a number of shootings overnight. Of course, the most kind of prominent one, take off a member of Migos, was shot dead in Houston early Tuesday morning. Authorities say this happened at a bowling alley. I've read after a reported altercation. I don't know if he was in the altercation or around it. Takeoff was just 28 years old. Uh, Two other victims were taken to the hospital. Their names haven't been released yet. This comes, you know, there's been a number of high-profile shootings of rappers who are very famous in their own right. I think I think Takeoff and Migos maybe are the most. He's the most mainstream like popularity that I think the most Mm -hmm. people know about. But reactions to this this morning are are. I mean, Millie, you were saying people were sharing pictures of the body. There are like videos of like the body and like Quavo, which is actually Mm -hmm. Quavo is his uncle. Um, Yeah. So yeah, Quavo is Takeoff's uncle and they started rapping together first. And then Offset, who is Cardi B's husband, uh, joined them later. But yeah, Quavo, apparently there's like videos of him like screaming for his his friend and his nephew and like trying to wake him up and he's not, you know, and that's just circulating and it's just so gross. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think it's, <sighs> it's, this happens whenever there's a tragedy involving, as you were talking about on text before, like a black body, whether it's somebody who's super famous or not, I definitely hope that people were spared, were spared those images, but too many guns. Too many guns everywhere. And then, of course, you know, I have seen a – I've already – have you seen some of this reaction already, Millie, about, you know, the narrative of, like, what caused the altercation? Or, like, I've already seen enough, you know, far-right racist pundits be like, this is the problem with real – it's the real gun violence is black-on-black crime. And it's like, sir. It's all – like, it's it's just too easy to get a gun. It's a fucking bowling alley. I heard that it was over a game like that, you know, went wrong or something, but it's just like, it's just if guns too, are in the picture. Guns are in the picture. Things were just going to go there quicker. Um, it's so disturbing and it's so sad. Like there is a way that the point of like, yeah, this is a lot of what gun violence is, but it's not black on black crime. It's just like incidents that get out of control where there's a gun involved. And like if we did not have so many guns on the street, if the availability of guns was not so high, then things like that between any group of people would not get heightened. Anytime, Mm -hmm. I mean, like there's the literary thing of Chekhov's gun. Like if there's a gun, it's got to go off. That's just mm-hmm. true in real life too. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. there's a gun, you it's one of the, it's like those statistics that like, if you have a gun in your house, you're more likely to get shot because mm-hmm. it's more likely that it like goes off and something mm-hmm. bad happens. And like some, you're, you're by having a gun near you, you are just more likely to be shot or to have someone near you be shot. Yeah, the dense so, prolif- proliferation of guns everywhere is not, you know, is not a race issue. I'm cur- I'm watching a show right no. now, a British show. I think it's called The Devil's Hour. It's really good, but there's a lot of like, there's a lot of scenes with knives. <laughs> it's like because it's all they've got. Like nobody's got fucking guns. Like they're yeah. all in knife fights and they survive. Like I'm watching these fight scenes with like the trauma of an American, where it's like, oh my god, they just like fought with little knives for 20 minutes and they each survived, and that would never happen. Like with a cop, like this is a detective and and a guy with a knife, and it's just. So it's just so interesting how jarring it is to see. It's like when there's just when all people have is a knife, obviously terrible things can happen. Violent things can happen. A deranged Mm -hmm. person with a knife. But, you know, the carnage you can cause with that kind of deadly weapon so quickly is in a bowling alley on a Monday. Yeah. On Halloween. 
People were yeah. having a Halloween, like people were Halloween bowling, probably in costume, mm-hmm. trying to enjoy their fucking Halloween. Totally. There was a, it happened at a Halloween party, I think in Kansas City too, with like 70 to 100 teenagers. There was a shooting. Terrible. And it's just like, also, I mean, you know, it's like guns are too easy. Mental health is too difficult to mm-hmm. get, like, it's so difficult to get some kind of help and all that. And I mean, you know, we talk about like police and all this stuff. Like I was just thinking about, you know, again, the man I'm in love with, Alex Vital, <laughs> the writer of uh, End of Policing. But he was just like, just the Uvalde thing. He's just like, everybody in the community knew that kid was disturbed. And yeah. there's literally no recourse for somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And he got a gun, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, there are people like that who have all these issues. It's like guns will get used often, but also like if you're not in the right space and you think everyone's trying to attack you or you're in physical danger, which is a normal thing, you know, not a normal thing, but like a thing that happens when people aren't. That's like, how police justify. Yeah. People. yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, if you're not getting help for your anxiety and all this shit and someone slights you, you know, and you have a gun, like, it's just a perfect disaster, and it's so sad because Guns I just forgot problem. this guy was 28. Like, his, that's so young. I saw his birthday is 1994. Oh. Like, oh my god, that's so sad. He's a baby. Yeah. I mean, I He's saw in Atlanta, in, in Atlanta, I can't, I can't remember his name. It was an Atlanta area pastor because that's where they're from. Was like, just said it as as black men deserve to grow old. This is just another devastating. So finally today, we'll spend a few minutes on the affirmative action case before the Supreme Court. So we don't know how much will come of this until kind of, uh, you know, the end of the term or whenever they decide to roll it out. But there's always some recurring – there's some there's some recurring characters that always come back when we're talking about affirmative action. So the current precedent for affirmative action, I believe, stems from a 1978 opinion that Harvard was welcome to use race as a factor in evaluating applications, but that it could not be the determinative factor. Race could be considered to enhance an application for whatever reason, just as other activities or identities could. If you are in a legacy application, that's you get you get a point. And usually, as Katanji Brown Jackson, Justice Jackson said, usually that means you're white too. So it's basically a point for whiteness. The yeah. idea is basically that universities have an interest in building a diverse student body. And how they do it is basically their business, as long as they're not hurting anybody. I would think especially for Harvard because it's private. But there have been people one man in particular who had been pounding at the Supreme Court's door asking them to please open it wider wider for mediocre white kids. Edward Blum had founded a group called Students for Fair Admissions, and he has fought – you have heard about this guy. He has fought against what he sees as reverse racism in college admissions for decades, but he also sues companies claiming they don't put enough men and white people on their boards. This is this is Edward Blum's mission in life. This is his life. whole thing. He finds what's – the, what's the University of Texas girl's name? Wasn't there like a, a funny – Abigail – I remember uh, she was funny, Abby. I thought there was like a funny insult for her, but I don't know. Yeah, some shit like that. Everyone like, was calling. She was getting clowned a absolutely. lot. I really, I really have to wonder what is the like, like remember in Get Out, the grandfather's root was that like Jesse Owens like beat him in the Olympics or something. Like there was a root <laughs> yeah. to why he wanted yes. to like steal and like a black body and run. What is this guy's? Like what racism root. Like what mm-hmm. is the his who who is the person that got a job that he thinks he should have gotten that led to this like lifelong crusade to stop a co- like call like why are you obsessed with college admissions as a grown man? 
You, I mean, you just if, put it in a way that's like how how like a lot of base Republican voters think is like the idea that something could get some anyone could get something that I didn't get and 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 I don't feel like they earned it as much as I. Have. People cannot they cannot handle it, and this guy has made it his. Most people just vote for Republicans. This guy has made it his life's work. Well, this is the thing too is that if it's a meritocracy, then the best person, right, whatever. But it's just like. Mm-hmm. We have no meritocracy. And also there's a million and million factors that like determine the success, the successfulness of college students, Mm -hmm. you know, or like college admissions. You know what I mean? I mean, we talked about uh, Operation Varsity Blues Mm -hmm. um, and how people will pay and do all these things for their kids and all this shit to get them in the certain schools. It's just like there are kids who don't have those resources and they should be considered in their, in their environment. And like for what they have, like they should be, you know, it should be weighed that way. Also my call, you know, I don't know. We talk a lot about my college, but like it, it just makes your education better when you learn with different kinds of people, mm-hmm. when you're not just around a certain one group of people, when you're not just around white people, when you're not just around, the same group you learn better and you can like have a more, you know, well-rounded education because you're, you're dealing and you're talking about things that affect other people. It's not like this far, far foreign concept. It's Uh, amazing that these people can't even like imagine that like, Oh, Oh, diversity would sort of like be, cause it just makes me think like, imagine if this guy came after and was like, you can't, you can have only white sub posts. Every, our, our, the product that we provide would become terrible and boring and it would not no longer serve its audience. So it's just this, this, the, the complete, like who told this man that he was so special? It's crazy. I need to talk to his mom. I need to talk to his mom. <laughs> it's an obsession with this idea that like anyone could get anything that you wouldn't be eligible for. Yeah. Like for him to not be eligible for something, even though like, even though it's literally just like, like you said, a point on an admissions sheet that includes like bunches, a million different ways to get points. He's like, I can't. And then also he's probably just like really, really racist. Yeah. And yeah. In yeah. his personal yeah. life. <laughs> and at least you, you, me and Sammy, all, all of those hosts, I think have a similar background where we went to like fairly competitive high schools with a, a lot of people were applying to the same fancy schools and you couldn't all get in. And at the time, people wanted to have a lot of reasons for why they could not get in. And I know if it ever occurred to me at the time, I also, I was like, Amanda, you got C's in math. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's why, that's why. You well, that was the in. thing with that Abby girl was that it was exactly. like, she had like she a had very average academic record. And it's like, you didn't get into this school because like, you weren't that competitive of a candidate. And you know what? B's and C's are much more impressive coming from a person who maybe had a harder background and maybe their race played into that. Like that's, that's also why it needs to be holistic. Like I got B's and C's and I had a tutor. Like don't let me in anywhere. Somebody else that's (laughs) getting B's and C's and had no access to anything is more impressive. It's, they just, people can't like imagine the scope of what people have to offer other than lightness. And you know, it looks like the Supreme Court might agree with them. Well, they're all fucking evil. So, um, <laughs> well, I, yesterday, Clarence Thomas, I believed, asked for uh, clarification on the on the definition of diversity. Yeah, his, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna make a lewd joke, but I'm not gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a shame! Yeah, what a shame. No, and it's it's just like, first of all, we're getting at a point where I don't know. I mean, maybe because I didn't go to a prestigious Ivy League college, I'm just like. 
It really I went to doesn't... University of Delaware just so that we're all yeah, everyone pre- knows presidential I... institution. <laughs> the presidential, yeah, it's true. It has we have produced presidents. Uh... Yeah, but but it's just like it doesn't really even fucking I matter. Know. Exactly, it doesn't no. matter. Like it, where that's like, what where I want to tell these school. kids when they're so freaked out. Like, oh my god, did somebody take my spot? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And there is no spot, and it's just like there's like scarcity, and it's just like the scarcity mindset, which is whatever. But it's like. Why do you think you have to go to Harvard like that? You're not going to be defined like whatever. There are people who go to Harvard and don't do shit. And then people who go to state schools and become president. Or there are yeah. people who go to a private liberal arts college and become podcast hosts. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the sky's the limit, kids. It gets yeah. better. Yes. Yeah. There are so – it is crazy how many people you'll talk to. And it's like – again, I, I'm not trying to be a like – a, like Ted Cruz, like working a barista, but it's like you have no idea where life will take you. I know plumbers really? that went to Ivy League schools and they're making more money than I do. Like it's fine. It's all it's all going to be fine. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. 
No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Justice Jackson sort of pointed out why this is so insidious. So the Supreme Court is considering to get into the nuts of bolts. They're looking at Harvard and UNC and whether they can use their admission models that consider race. The two cases slightly differ slightly because Harvard is private and UNC is public. The plaintiffs in the Harvard case also are claiming discrimination against Asian American students. So their argument is basically what I said before, a good university, everything we've been saying, a good university is demographically diverse. It would be very bizarre to ignore someone's race when considering their candidacy if you're also looking at other demographic factors. The court has heard similar cases before and let the admission criteria stand, but the conservatives on the court at the time, like Alito um, and Thomas, they had dissented and now they have the numbers on their side. And questions in oral arguments yesterday did suggest that the justices are prepared to do away with affirmative action. But the universities are trying kind of a new strategy this time. They're going for an, or- an originalist argument. They've heard everybody talking about originalism. And they're like, okay, we'll try this. And they're saying that, you know, the original intention of the men, the men who wrote the 14th Amendment was to ensure equal protection of laws. Justice Brown Jackson helped drive this point home because she explained why it's hard to believe that the founders would have adopted the 14th Amendment in a race-neutral way. And she had a really compelling example where she told the, the lawyers arguing against affirmative action that what they were asking for, I think I said this early in the podcast, would basically let universities privilege a white legacy student over a descendant of enslaved people simply because the latter is black. And that's that's a huge equal protection problem. Like, I don't know how you argue that the 14th Amendment does not concern this. Yeah, I mean, God bless her. God bless her for putting that out there. And I think it's a great argument. I don't know if these fuckers are going to listen. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they want, which is so crazy. It's so disappointing and interesting. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, how are you going to argue about like then yeah then why is interracial marriage like okay and affirmative action is not you know what i mean like what 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 are you trying to say like you know how did you get to your position without some kind of consideration of your race you know it's mm-hmm. just difficult for me to wrap my head oh, around clarence thomas especially i mean it seemed like in clarence thomas i mean i believe Joe Biden himself was probably mm-hmm. one of the ones saying that if you are going too hard on this man's sexual assault allegations, it's racist. Like that was the whole, maybe not Joe Biden, but it was definitely conservatives it at the was, time. Was that like, yeah. no, we have to basically forgive this. We can't look, not forgive it, but we can't, looking into this is racist because we have this, this man is black and he would be the first on the court. And now Clarence Thomas, a huge beneficiary. Thurgood Marshall was the first on the oh, court sorry, and sorry, he was you. replacing, that's the thing yeah. that's even more, like it's even more kind of hypocritical because Clarence Thomas was replacing Thurgood Marshall's place on the court. And one of the reasons that he was chosen for that was because they were like, we can't just replace Thurgood Marshall with a random white man. So Mm -hmm. his race actually was considered when he was chosen for this job. And that's the thing. It's like the Supreme Court is the thing. And I mean, again, we're in November it's the one that I just feel I have the most pessimistic outlook look to most of the time because like they do not have to actually explain really why they do or say anything like 
I mean, they have to write their opinion, but it can be mm-hmm. garbage. They don't like these people are not on the court in good faith to hear good arguments, even if they're originalist ones that are based on what they should potentially they should be caring about. Those people aren't there to do that. They're there to enact a conservative agenda. They're completely politicized. Clarence Thomas, obviously, I mean, like his wife (laughs) sent buses to the Capitol, like we all know. So it's just really whenever I see this stuff, I'm like, it really just depends on how far these freaks want to (laughs) go. Yeah, it just is hard. It's another thing like it was it was hard to imagine what it would be like when Roe fell. And it is very hard to imagine how how certain people are going to continue because racism is not over like how certain people how people are going to continue to have paths that that other people have access to without this it's so sick and crazy like why are they so obsessed with this it's and then the thing is that if democrats like respond or pack the courts or whatever then we're the bad guys, right? Or like, mm-hmm. what how if could they pack we do the this? courts with all white people? Can that be the trade-off? All white liberals. <laughs> I mean, in a many in many ways, that is a democratic strategy for like. I mean, yeah. Gotta <laughs> look at our that look is. at what happened with our last presidential oh, primary. I know. You know, but, even already, I'm trying not to get. To, me and Sammy had a great conversation about midterms yesterday and about how it's not doom and gloom and actually everything's going to be fine probably and everything's looking good. But there are some candidates where I'm just like really, this is the best we could do. We had, we got to get a younger bench. We got to get a fresher bench. Yeah. Next, next cycle. We need a, we need to have a, I think we're, we're not going to die. What's it called? A postmortem, but when you succeed, we're just going to have a really reflective period. Yeah. About, yes. about dramatic. Uh, and part of that conversation is going to be about the emails and the frequency <laughs> of the emails and who mm. we're choosing to, <laughs> which celebrities we're choosing as reach out celebrities. <laughs> Well, you know he's what? probably getting spammed right now by his wife's text. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know. It's like, is this Nancy or is this Nancy? Who knows? Why is Doug Emoff saying my closing argument to me? <laughs> I literally I just got a text. McConnell's going berserk. Thousands of Dems are donating to save Mark Kelly and end his dreams of taking the majority. I don't even know. This, this one doesn't even like say who this is from. No, they don't say who they're from. They don't say who is who or what party it's from. I mean, sometimes, because you guys know the ads, sometimes you'll be watching them and like, we know what we're doing. And 15 seconds in, you're feeling, you're like, yes, this is a great Democratic ad. And then it's like, this was sponsored by the Republican Party. You're like, oh, God. That's what I was saying about Nevada. Nevada All, and that's then, like, scary. They're I'm talking about so much shit about, it's not like this person's policies are bad. They're like, this person eats babies. And it's like, yeah. this mm-hmm. other person eats babies. And it's like, well, who is the one that, like, who's yeah, eating just, babies? Who is eating babies? What is going on? Uh, who's well, the Democrat? Like, who's yeah. the Republican? If you live in Nevada, please vote right now. I think Daddy Obama is there uh, campaigning for Senator Cortez Masto right now. I did see some headlines this morning that, you know, the races are narrowing again, but in a good way. So it's like one more week. Do everything you can. We'll be here. I'm excited, Millie. I saw you're doing an election night, an election night show. I know. I'm doing an election night show because I hate myself. Uh, I'm kidding. No. It's going to be really fun. It's at Littlefield. Yeah, there's just some things where I'm like, wow, I hate feeling peace and joy. Like when I decided <laughs> to watch, why, why, why did I, wa- why was I on a plane for four hours from Vegas to New York? And I'm like, now's the time I should watch Kramer versus Kramer for the first time. <laughs> and it's because like, I hate <laughs> peace and I hate joy. Oh, what's getting me through the week? Kramer and Kramer. That is our show for today. Until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. 
and this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.